five, four, three, two. Yeah. Five, four, three, two. 60 minutes of funk starting now.
drive good, overdrive, sound, sounding good, we, we player, we bossy, I don't know, I don't know, are we, are we bossy, let's see what we got here, <clears throat> let's do our radio announcer voice, let's do our radio announcer now. Right. Right. Super Show is brought Let's to you by Guy Dr. Pepper when you just need more. The Rivers Casino, thank you for your money. Thank you, 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 thank you for your money. You don't drive Ferrari, you ain't. You ain't driving Ferrari? You ain't. If you're not driving Ferrari, you ain't shit. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Let's see. Is my overdrive good? Let's make some adjustments, shall we? Everything is not working today. My fucking, my beautiful, amazing black sand hourglass was acting up. I'm going to have to send that thing back. It's funny, uh, the lady, um, one of my friends, her name is Laura. She's actually like an uh, uh, executive over at the LaBerge Casino. She had one of these on her desk. <clears throat> and I'm like, where did you get that from? She's like, oh, I got it from, it was a gift from uh, a, a client of mine, and this, that, and the other. I'm like, I got to get one of these. So I bought one, and it's been nothing but a pain in my ass since Jump Street. It's like, it doesn't hold. And it's like making me fucking crazy. So it's like it has these screws right here. And you have to sit there and tighten the damn screws. It's like you're not supposed to tighten screws on an hourglass. It's supposed to be like correct. So I'm, I thought it would be a good addition to the show. It's like, you know, because normally when I used to do the show at Teeth Swin, it would go on for almost two hours. But when you're doing it by yourself, you know, it, it, I would rather just kind of just limit my time, you know, just limit the time just to, you know, the best of what I have. And we just kind of go from there. We just move on. It's kind of like, well, our time is up. It's like therapy. You know, you, you, with your therapist and you're like all into your feelings. Like, oh, my God. It's like a cliffhanger. It's like, our time is up. You know, so I kind of figured it'd be kind of a good addition for the show. So I'm like, yeah, we'll just do the hourglass. So that was my philosophy behind that. So let me focus on, since everything else is fucked up, let's see what we have here. So that fucked up, and then my stream deck stopped working. So I had to unplug it twice just to get the stream deck to work. Um, let's see, let's see. Three, two, one, one, two, three. Ah, oh, yeah, there we go. See, most people... Overdrive, there we go. See, most people that have these shows, they have no engineering background whatsoever. <clears throat> Fun fact was I used to do this when I was a teenager at the radio station. I was a voiceover guy. And I always sounded bossy like this. I always sounded amazing. They used to call me the Amazing Dave. It's a true story. <clears throat> anyway, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the South Bay. I know, right? So let's see. I have a couple thoughts I wanted to go over. Let's see. Saturday edition. Um, let's see what we got here. I got a couple things. Right, right. Um, I had a friend. I had a. Um, I want to talk about business. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to talk about stupid shit that women do. Let's see. People seem to not want to pay for shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a Facebook post. Um, let's see. Facebook post, shitty neighbors, and she favors accountability. Okay, yeah. 
All right, let's start out with uh, let's start out with um. I'm gonna leave that one for another day. Let's see. I want to talk about this. Let's see right here. Okay. Mm. Okay. Here we go. All right. So um, my girlfriend gets back from China the other day, and she um, she's doing all this shopping. And I guess one thing I've I've never understood about Chinese people is they're very. It's funny. Like they put money in certain things, but they don't put money in other things. So for example, if you go to like a probably like a first generation Chinese person's home, it's very vanilla. They don't believe in fluff. They don't believe in details and this, that, and the other. But it's funny. So they'll they'll invest money, you know, like in a neighborhood, school district. But they won't add a bunch of jazz or they won't add like personal preference into a home. So if, if you, one thing that you've kind of noticed is like, you know, you might see about maybe 10 things on the hook and the house will be just completely, completely vanilla where it's like they're ready to move. Or it's like they, it's almost like they live out of a suitcase. It's like they don't want to add any personal taste to anything, but it's like the things that they do buy are like ridiculously expensive, you know? So it, it's, it's, I think it's kind of funny. So um, my girl bought this $8,000 Chanel purse. And I'm just kind of looking at this thing and I'm like, you gotta be joking. You know, it's like, oh no, it's amazing. And this, then the other So I post the shit on, on, on my Facebook yesterday. And um, hold on, I, I'll just let you see it. Shit's fucking funny. Hold on, how do I do this? Let me see. Monitor capture. Bam. All right. Bam. All right. All right. So she buys this purse. Okay. She buys this purse eight thousand dollars. And I'm just like, you gotta be fucking joking. I'm like, where's the value here? So I'm comparing like what I spent eight thousand dollars on versus what she spent eight thousand dollars on. These right here are a set of Martin Logan CLXs. Okay, the MSRP on these things are twenty five thousand dollars. They are probably one of the most amazing speakers that money can buy. It, I mean, as far as in the history of the evolution of fucking speakers, they're electrostatic. They have a stator. It, it, it's just it's just like super high definition for your ears. And even for me, that was kind of a stretch paying you know eight thousand dollars you know for um. A set of speakers, but you know, I work hard. I'm like, fuck it. I work hard. I play hard. So the funny thing is, is like, um, I'm getting these responses, you know, so from women are like, you know, I wouldn't pay $8,000 for a purse. I'm very tomboyish, but then you have other ladies. It's like, it's a woman's thing to reward themselves. Sometimes it's an investment and you can resell for the future. Okay. All right. And then I have other female saying Chanel is an investment and it will increase in value over time. Trust me. Okay. Make me understand name one thing that is used or one thing that, that you know, that is manufactured that, that, you know, with eight, that, that ages that, that earns value. Zero folks, zero, zero name. One thing that ages that earns value zero, you know, except real estate, you know? So I just kind of thought that that was funny. I'm like, God damn dude, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I've bought a lot of really dumb shit. So, I mean, it, it kind of just is what it is. So I'm like, I, I'm not going to argue about it because, I mean, there's really many times where I'm like, hey, uh, I bought a bunch of, you know, bought, I, I bought all kinds of bullshit. And I just come home with that. And, you know, it is what it is. I'm sorry. I'm looking for this fucking button. I can't see over the damn hourglass. 
I'm looking for this button. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Boom. Okay, not there. There. There we go. Turn this back. There we go. All right. So, I mean, because I remember when I bought this watch, you know, this watch was about the same. It was about the same price. I was kind of in my feelings, you know, at the time. And I, this is a uh, Rolex. It's a Tiffany Rolex Datejust with the diamonds. And it's completely factory from Rolex. I don't believe in putting aftermarket diamonds or anything aftermarket in a Rolex because you lose your value. And I spent like roughly almost about the same amount of money for it. it the, uh, the dial, which is really just got my attention, a Jubilee bracelet. It was just something that I wanted. I think I spent 6900 on the watch plus tax. So it was like maybe $7,300, $7,400, but I wanted it. I was in my feelings. I'm like, fuck it. I, I, I want a Rolex. And I bought it, you know? And um, I, at the time, I wasn't going to spend that much money for it, but it was just the, the, the quality of it. The band wasn't stretched, you know? So, I mean, you know, my, my whole thing, the whole concept, I guess, of where I'm going with this is, is like, if you work hard, you play hard. And if you want it, buy it, you know? So I guess it is what it is. So like when I, when one day my girlfriend came, came to the house, she's like, what are those? <laughs> These fucking monster towers in my living room. And she's like, don't you have enough speakers? I'm like, no, you know? So I just kind of thought it was funny because it's like, here's the funny thing is about uh, if you're an audiophile, electro, electrostatic speakers are unbelievable. Okay. Martin Logan speakers are probably some of the greatest speakers ever made. And it, but it is a different technology. It's a hybrid technology where it has a woofer. It has a woofer and has a, a giant electrostatic uh, membrane, you know, and it's powered through a stator. But the thing is, it's like it, there, it, it has frequency responses that your ears just are not accustomed to. It's almost like you got to clean the dirt out of your ears. Like, really? You hear everything. So imagine just kind of like, you know, you're listening to, you're watching a sporting event or you're listening to music. You could hear what, so you're like, what is it you're paying for? I'm going to tell you. If you're, an, if you're listening to somebody who's plucking nylon strings, you can actually hear the pluck. You can hear the detail of the, if it's nylon versus metal. If you're playing a metallic string instrument, you can actually hear the, the metal string. You could hear the detail and who's playing it, especially if the song has been remastered, you know? If the song was, uh, you know, recorded on two-inch tape and if it was analog, you could actually hear everything, you know? So it just brings out, like, greater presence. So if you're if you're somebody who truly enjoys music, okay, I can't say, you know, today's music because everything today is electronic. And, you know, it's not properly mastered, it's not properly mixed, and nothing is authentic. Everything is just, you know, it's emulated. So you're not really going to be able to enjoy anything that you're hearing. So it would so speakers like that would do today's music no justice whatsoever. So if you're listening to you know vinyl records or if you're listening to you know music from the 80s, the 90s, the 70s, or this that and the other, you could truly it just truly brings up presence, you know. And the main thing is, you know, the 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 uh, speakers like that, you know, less is more. So you don't have to crank it, you know. So the main thing is is like I could be able to appreciate. It's kind of like you're looking at a Picasso or you're looking at the Mona Lisa. You know, they say, you know, the, the beauty is in, in small packages. The Mona Lisa is very small with a concept that's kind of the same with Martin Logan speakers. So the, the thing is, is you don't have to have it cranked for you to appreciate it. It's just the fact that it's like, damn, it's a great mix. It's like eating a pot of gumbo. You, you eat a small cup of gumbo and you're like, okay, I can taste the roux. I can taste the rice. I can taste the sausage. I can taste the chicken. I can taste everything. And it's like, man, this is all this in a little bitty package, you know? But you can taste the 12 hours that somebody put into this little package. That's Martin Logan speakers. So 
Shout out to Mark, even though they're not a sponsor of the show. Shout, shout out to Mark Lucas Pickers. Yeah. Shout out to Mark Lucas Pickers. They're just amazing. They're absolutely amazing. But um, but you know what, people? You work hard, you play hard. If you want something, you buy it. Don't think twice. You make more money. You make money, you spend it. But, um, so yeah, so uh, my girlfriend was really ha- happy to be back. I um, I just didn't even tell her I was showing up. This popped up there yesterday. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. So then um, I told her, I'm like, I got to work. You know, so she's like, can you stay? I'm like, I can't, you know. And then so I came back to the house to switch cars. I was going to drive to the casino. And then I passed out. I woke up. It was like fucking 7 in the morning. I'm like, you got to be joking. I was just out of it. So I'll probably go there maybe this afternoon or after the show. I'm going to go check on my job sites. I have two working projects going on right now. One going on at Port Arthur and one going on in Beaumont. I actually have three projects going on right now. I have a roof going on one of my deals. I have stairs, you know, buttoning up on another one. My plumber going on another one. And we're doing, we starting demolition on uh, Lionel's house. So um, shout out to Lionel Everfield. We are, we started construction on your house today. So uh, congratulations, congratulations, motherfucker. <clears throat> but um, anyway, so um, I had my cage kind of rattled the other day. It's like, um, have you ever had people that, that, um, that always come to you for favors or always come to you for advice, but they never want to give you the job. It's like you sit there and you come to me and you ask me for all this help, but it's like it never materializes into anything. You ever dealt with that dude? But then they'll sit there and go to your competition or they'll just sit there and give, you know, work to other people. I hate people like that. You know what I'm saying? If I'm talking, this shoe fits, I'm fucking talking to you. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have people that will sit there and ask you every fucking question of the world where you have to pay. This is shit like you pay an attorney for or you go to a paid consultant. It's like you don't sit there and you ask, you you go to a restaurant and you ask the chef, hey, what is your recipe for this, that, that, this, and that? And then you fucking leave. You don't even buy the shit. You know, or better yet, then you go to the next door restaurant and you give them the business. That shit annoys me, dude. It annoys me to my fucking core. I wrote, I wrote a post about this. I said, I find it annoyingly, blah, 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 three, two, one. I find it annoyingly interesting when people come to me requesting skilled help, but don't want to pay for my expertise and then go to somebody else and pay more, right? Does that make any sense to you? So I wrote that it is very oxymoronish. I don't even know if that's a word, but oxymoron is a word. It's like, it's like, dude, what the fuck are you calling me for? Clearly, cl- the thing is, is clearly you, you you respect my gangster because you come to me because you know I know my shit. But the thing is, it kind of tells me that you don't fuck with me because you don't want to give me the job. Or you expect me to do it for free. It's kind it's interesting. It's like, you know, there, there, there's, a, there's a saying that water has multiple values depending on its location. So water, you could buy a bottle of water at the grocery store for 50 cents, Right. Um, water, you know, has, uh, it's, uh, what is it? Uh, it's a, uh, $2, like say like at, um, at a, you know, uh, at a, uh, at a convenience store. Right. And it's $5 like at a, um, at a sporting event. So the concept of it is, is water has its value depending on where it's located. So, so essentially what it is, is you would rather not pay me or you pay me 50 cents for the water that I would sell for a dollar. Right. I'm selling water for a dollar, but you but you wouldn't buy it from me because I wouldn't give it to you for 50 cents. But you would rather go spot, pay $5 for it at a sporting event. I got news for you, fucker. 
you know, fuck off, you know, because because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I the, it paints a picture. The concept of what it is, is it paints a picture, you know, that, you know, strangers, when strangers validate your, uh, when strangers validate you, then they want to fuck with you, but they don't give you, but they don't fuck with you in the very beginning, or they just don't fuck with you at all, you know? So, so what I wrote was very oxymoronish. It's like the picture that you're painting is I will marginalize you. One, A, if we came up together and you expect everything for free. B, lack of respect of my years of experience. C, you're just fucking petty and you refuse to admit failure and you can't do this without me. D, your ego is so fucking big you'd rather pay somebody else. E, you just don't want to see me win. F, they just don't like you. You know, so that's kind of the moral of the story, you know, and um, I've, I've dealt with this, like with people, with, especially when it comes to people that ask, ask me to come and do like, you know, contracts for their home. They're like, hey, uh, how do you build this? How do you build that? How you build this? How, what does this cost? Blah, 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 blah. And so then it's funny. So I'm like, yeah, I could build it for you. You know, I could do it for you for maybe like, you know, 12 grand or some shit like that. The job, like the real job cost might be maybe 9,000. I'm like, I make maybe, you know, 20%, 30%, nothing major. But then I, I, they hire somebody else and they're like, oh, would you pay for that job? Oh, 26,000. <laughs> so it's like, it's funny. I'm like, uh, so it's just like, you know, I can't make this shit up. And it's kind of annoying where it's like, wow, dude, you would rather. So it, so for me, it's like, I'm trying not to internalize this, but I can't not internalize this. It's like, you would rather pay this dude $26,000 to do a job for you when I did, well, I offered to do it for you for half. So what does that kind of tell you? tells you they don't fuck with you it just tells you that they don't fuck with you or they don't believe in you or just they it, or it just it just paints it just kind of just it just opens up a can of worms where it's like wow dude and i don't know if i'm just the only one who thinks this way or feels this way but it's like wow dude it's like you, you kind of feel like that kid you know you know on the corner with the lemonade stand and you're trying to sell lemonade but they go to kroger and they go buy the lemonade at kroger or they go buy the kroger they would go buy the lemonade at heb but it's like oh yeah we support you we support your, you know, your, we support your whole process and this, that, and the other, and best of luck to you. No, dude, <laughs> they don't. Now, if there was a line around the corner where everybody was buying lemonade from you from complete strangers, then they wouldn't come around. It's like, ah, boy, yeah, we knew you could do it and this, that, and the other. No, dude. At the end of the day, it's like if you wanted lemonade and you supported that person, you'd be the person, you know, over there buying, you know, buying the lemonade and not asking for a deal. It's like, how much are you selling the lemonade for? Oh, $2. Okay, here you go. Here's three. Best of luck to you. You know, so I just kind of find that, you know, very um, disheartening. You know, it just bothers me. And so the thing is, is what I've started to do as I've gotten older was I realized was I just don't need, I don't need validation from anybody. And I just figured out a way to just, you know what? I am not pay for hire. I am not pay for hire. I work for myself. So... And in the very beginning, in the very interim of things, I just realized that I'm like, you know what, man, um, I'm not really all that great, you know, because in the beginning, there's a lot of learning curve. And in the very beginning, I realized that I was not qualified to, to sit there and try to remodel people's homes. And you're only as good as the company you carry. <clears throat> now, could I do it today? Yeah. Yeah, I could do it. But the thing is, I don't want to do it. Because the, the problem is today is like the way that I am is I'm a, perf I'm a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist. And um, if we can't do things my way, I don't want to do it at all. And the reason why is because I don't want to get blamed for somebody else's fuck up. 
So, for example, I got uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, I have a buddy of mine who's kind of the equivalent of Tony Soprano out there in uh, 409. He he runs shit, and he he uh, he asked me, he's like, "Hey, David, can you can you fix my house?" So I went over there, and I'm looking at it, and um, I'm like, "Yeah, I can, but I'm gonna give you two prices. One price is if everything is as you as if you said it was. Like, so for example, if all your plumbing and all your electrical and everything is correct." And then we're going to have a second second price if there's things that I find, you know, where it's like, okay. So, for, for for example, I went out there with my vampire eyes on and I found out that he needs about six piers right in the center of his property. His house is sagging like this. I'm like, boss, you know, I don't want to sit here and get blamed for the fact that, you know, when I put this floor down and then, you, you know, you have all this settlement going on in the middle of your property, you know. He's like, can you fix it? I'm like, yeah, I can fix it, you know. So I'm like, he's like, um, how much more would it cost? I'm like, realistically, it's probably going to cost X, Y, Z. So it's going to be my original price plus X, Y, Z. And he's like, all right, fuck it, do it. You know, so so when, when, whenever you have somebody that just kind of lets you drive, then I'm all, I'm all aboard, you know. But when you have people that sit there and try to marginalize you and try to blame you for their fucked up plumbing and blame you for their fucked up electrical and blame you for their fucked up things. And they're like, well, it, it was working fine before you started. I'm like, no, this is why I don't want to do your job. And then they don't want to pay you for it. And then I end up getting, I end up getting blamed to do repairs for shit that was not my fault and I'm not being paid for it. So I don't want to deal with it. And this is why I'm like, you know, dude, I am not work for hire. You know, you, if you want to hire me, you pay me as a fucking consultant. So I'm going to sit there and I'm going to tell you X, Y, Z. A through Z, X, Y, Z. You're going to fucking pay me for it just like you would pay a consigliere the same way you would pay an attorney. You know, if you want to win, you're going to pay me to fucking win. You know? And um, it, was an, it, was a, it was a very similar situation uh, with my cousin. You know? I love him, man, but the dude was fucking wrong. You know? And um, he, uh, I, I warned him in the very beginning. He's building a, a this beautiful custom house. And I warned him from, from jump stream. like, hey, bro, I'm kind of worried about, you know, what you're doing. He's building this beautiful property. I'm like, hey, man, I could build it for you, but I mean, you're going to have to hire me to do it, you know? And um, it's a very detailed property, which requires very detailed eyes, which requires, you know, just people that are just really on it, you know? And he, so what ended up happening was he hired all the wrong people and, you know, the job went on for over a year and nothing happened and he lost a bunch of money. So right now he had to sit there and re, re, uh, Rescope his property and refinance, you know, the um, the basically the entire project because the cost of the project is more expensive. Fortunately, the land is worth a lot of money and he can kind of make it work. But I told him like, hey, dude, you should have hired me to do this. But I just kind of he just I don't know what it was. He felt like that that was beneath him to ask for help or whatever. But now it bit him in the ass. And so now he's coming back to me. He's like, all right, man, I need your help. I'm like, OK, so we're, so so he's starting to finally see my value. You know, and I guess the thing that kind of annoys me about people is people don't respect people's expertise and they definitely don't expect, they don't, they don't respect their value that they bring to the table. Best example, best example, my next door neighbor over there, uh, next to Dave Sershak, this is a buddy of mine. He's from California. <clears throat> and I told him like, Hey bro, I can build your house, you know? So, he, but the thing was, he, he didn't see my value. He's like, well, I don't want to pay a builder. I'm just going to build it myself. I'm like, okay. Well, it's been a year already and nothing's got, he's a, he hasn't even made it past his rough-in inspection. I had that thing built in three months. All the inspectors know me and, you know, I, I, you know, they already, and I already have a crew. 
So then, so even because he's my neighbor, I just like, he kept asking me, hey, who's your electrician? Who's your this? Who's your that? Who's your this? Who's your that? I'm like, all right, fine. I don't want to be involved. You go right ahead. So he figured out a way to fuck up every, he basically figured out a way to fuck up every relationship with every trade of mine. So it's like, okay, you can't make this up. So it's like, all right, well, you know, the thing is, is like, you're not in California, bro. You know, and you, and everything is, you know, a certain way here. You know, and you if you're going to freestyle build a house, then you have to kind of be, make sure that everybody's on board and you can't sit here and change your mind and do change orders because you're going to get taxed out the ass. You know, and it's been, it's royally bit him in the ass. So here we are a year in already and he hasn't even passed his rough end. You know, if he would have hired me as his contractor, I'd have been had that thing done. So here's where we are. It's the same thing with mechanics. You know, you're, you're going to pay this guy, you know, this diesel mechanic, you know, $50 an hour because he has, you know, years and years of experience. When he turns the thing on, he can hear the click and the pop, the clock and the pick. He's like, okay, pop, click, 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 pop. Okay, it's your rod. Okay, okay, it's your EGR. Or this, this, and this. You're paying for the man's experience. Okay? Pay them what they're fucking worth. And the, peop- and the, the problem today is everybody thinks that they can just marginalize you and your years of experience have no value. I got news for you. You're going to end up paying for the same thing twice, two times, three times, four times, because when you hire handymen or you hire people that, that say they know shit but don't know shit, you're going to pay twice, if not three times. Do it right the first time or you're going to fail. I promise you. And then the main thing is don't come back to me later. That's the thing. I hold grudges. I'm that guy. If you do something to fucking piss me off, or if you do something that that's kind of childish, or you do something that where you because you're in your feelings, I'm gonna hold a grudge against you, and I'm gonna hold you accountable. So don't come back and apologize later, because you because you're not being a man about it and you fucked up. You know, I would rather just like you know what, I fucked up or I was in my feelings, blah 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 blah. Just own it, and let's move on. You know, but when it comes to shit like that, don't come back. <laughs> don't come back because I will hold you accountable. You know, and my price is double. So if you do come back after I fucking tried offer to help you and you slap my hand, I'm gonna hold. I'm like, all right, bro, the price is now double, and fuck you, you know, because it's like you know, it's like I always try to you know come you know come come with you know with the come at things with uh with the best intentions, and then be so if I come at you with the best intentions and you insult me, fuck you. That's and that's just kind of the way that I am. All right, moving along to number two. And that ain't in my feelings. That's just the way that I am, period. Um, let's see. Yeah, so I, I I did a post the other day. I said whenever you get uh, cut rate prices on certain things, you get cut rate problems that come along with it when they don't answer the phone. Best example. You know, uh, I uh, hired a plumber and I hired an AC guy to come out and work on my projects. And, of course, you know, they give you this really amazing price. They give you these amazing prices that get you in the door, but then they can't deliver. You know, it's like, we're already a month in. It's like, why is this shit not done? Okay, any other trade paid, paid professional would have had this shit done within, what, three days, four days? And, and, and so there's always, a, you have a cost, and you have an aggravation cost, and you have holding costs. These are things you always have to kind of consider, and you got to wait all out in your mind. So if time is more valuable than anything else, then you just need to pay the price. to get, You need to pay for the time so you don't go through the aggravation, and you have no holding costs. Make sense? So if you pay the time price, you won't have the aggravation. If you don't have the aggravation, you won't cover the holding costs. Make sense? So food for thought on that one. You know, so um, hold on. I, I always write notes to myself. So 
Let's see. Yeah, this is kind of funny. Ladies, okay, I'm talking to you on this. Just because you bought some fake tits does not make you a model, okay? If you have a fucking beer gut, you know, if you have a beer gut and you bought some boobs, you're not a model, okay? Anybody can invest three grand or two grand in some, in some silicone, okay? You didn't reinvent the wheel. I'm not buying you free drinks. I'm not clicking your likes. I don't care. Anybody can buy it. The technology's been around for, I don't know, 30 years already. Okay. You have, you haven't discovered shit. You're not Christopher Columbus. You don't get any extra energy from me. They're just tits. Okay. All right. Everybody has them. Okay. You know what? If you want to get my attention, you know, post something of you reading a book, graduating, doing something up applying something towards your life. I just don't understand this senseless, uh, you know, I'm taking a selfie of my tits every five minutes. They're just tits. I don't care. You know, like you're not a model. Okay. You don't have a contract. There's no money coming your way. So I don't know who bought those for you, but best of luck to you. So, um, yeah, moving along. Let's see. Favors, people ask for a favor, try to make accommodations. Yeah, okay. Have you ever had anybody that asked you for a favor? It's like they call you up, it's like, hey, you know, um, can you help me out with this and this, that, and the other? <clears throat> so then when you try to make the accommodation, they're too lazy to come and meet you halfway. So it, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, people call you, it's like, hey, you know, can I, uh, do you guys, for example, I had a buddy of mine call me up for, ask me for a door. Like, hey, bro, um, you got a 32-inch door? I'm like, actually, I do. It's actually one of my job sites. Uh, come pick it up. Oh, well, you know, I, I can't come get it. I'm like, really, dude? You expect me to bring it to you, too? So you want to inconvenience me, and you want to ask me for a fucking favor, but then you can't come and pick it up. <laughs> you know, so that, these are kind of like, it's just like, really, dude? It's like, you kind of you kind of have to just kind of ask yourself. So it's like, dude, don't ask me for favors. You know, if, if, if you want to ask for a favor... And, and, and it's not accommodating to you, just don't fucking ask. I'm not going to kiss your ass, dude. So it, it, I've had multiple people that sit there and they ask me for things or they ask me for things or they ask me for favors, but they can't sit there and they can't meet you halfway. It's like, why? Make sense of that for me, please. You know? So I had an aunt that called me the other day. It's like, hey, David, uh, you know, your cousin needs a door for this project. I'm like, yeah, I got one. Come pick it up. It's, like, it's in Beaumont. But come get it. Well, you know, that's too far. I'm like, then don't ask. Yeah. It's like, don't ask me for favors if you can't come and pick it up. Anyway. So, other than that, that's been pretty much it, you know, going on in my world. I would definitely say that I'm mentally tired. Um, we're behind schedule on, you know, a lot of projects. And, um, you know, we're just kind of moving along. Fortunately, the projects are funded. And, um, you know, things are consistently helping. I want to send a shout out to uh, my buddy, Jonathan Canales. I just want to kind of give you like a Bravo Zulu, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of want to say that I recognize you, dude. I'm really proud of you. Um, he's kind of like, I, I want to tell a story, um, Jonathan Canales is kind of a, uh, he is a very close friend of mine. Um, we always call him Uncle Johnny. Um, 
he's kind of like the definition of hard work and the the ability to not quit. You know, um, I don't know if he wants me to tell a story, but I'm just going to kind of just, I just feel that his story is necessary. Jonathan is kind of the guy that uh, he started out doing a drywall company with his dad. <clears throat> and um, he's like, you know what, David? It's like, uh, he, he, um, when we first met, um, we had a mutual enemy. The, you know, they always say the friend of, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that's kind of how we met. And uh, we, we both had uh, a common enemy, which we both called the white devil, you know, and I'll get into that later. But anyway, so um, he was into the drywall business and that's how, <clears throat> that's kind of how we met. And then just things kind of progressively, you know, I found out that he was in the, he was in the military, served in Iraq, you know, headshots, 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 like the dude's like train stone cold, you know what it is, train stone cold. <clears throat> And uh, he always just kind of felt that, you know, that he's like, man, there's got to be more than life to just this. You know, he's like, this was my parents' dream. This was not my dream. You know, and he always kind of dibble-dabbled into everything, you know. Never really kind of just, you know, he just kind of like, you know, he tried things and he, and he failed. And he tried things and he failed. And he tried things and he failed. And he tried things and he failed. Started working for other people and he, and he learned things and he learned things and he learned things. And he tried things to try to go off on his own. And it just kind of didn't, it never kind of materialized. You know, and it's interesting how God works. You know, um, one thing about him is I always, whenever there was like little odd jobs or whatever, I knew like, you know, one thing I under, one thing I like about Jonathan is like, he always tried. He meant well, you know, he meant well, he tried, he meant well, he tried. And sometimes like, I knew like, like, uh, things would not get finished. He kind of reminded me a lot of my stepdad, you know, you know, I knew my dad always meant well. But things never just got finished. But I knew that he meant well. I knew he was coming from a good place. So I always try to get him work. And then I I, uh, I think like things, you know, in his world kind of started, you know, it was a downward spiral of just kind of negative. And um, I remember uh, I had the opportunity to give him work. And um, he didn't even have the money to put gas in his car. So I sent him money. And I didn't even think anything of it. I'm like, bro, I'm like, all I said was, bro, don't make me look bad. You know, please show up. He's like, dude, I don't even have gas for my car. So I sent him the money and um, the job materialized. And the thing is, is like the definition of luck is when opportunity meets preparation. You know, and the thing was, is when, you know, when you finally have that drive to just be something great. You know, when you finally get that opportunity to get in the ring and you've been training and you've been training and you've been training and it's a first round knockout, that's what Jonathan Canales did. You know, he had the opportunity to be something great and um, he had resources. Well, I don't know if I was the resource or whatever, but at least I put the gas in the car so he could make it to work that um, it materialized and it materialized into something far greater than he could ever imagine. He got out of the drywall business and got into the steel arresting business. And the thing is, he knows how to build these metal buildings. He knows how to do it. And he was working for his brother or his brother-in-law, excuse me. Poorly, poorly used, poorly used word. I apologize. So his brother-in-law, basically, long story short, kind of uh, was kind of running him to run these crews and this, that, the other. And then it got to a, a point where his brother-in-law, you know, took on this big job. Jonathan ran the crew. The job got done. Brother got paid. Didn't pay Jonathan. 
So he owed, he, owed, he owed Jonathan all this fucking money and just basically just left him hanging. It was like, God damn, dude, we're talking five-figure job, you know? And just left him hanging where he just had nothing. And I'm like, you know what, bro, that's fucked up. But he's at my, he's, so he's over at my place and I'm giving him a job to, you know, work for me. And he's telling me everything that happened. And I'm just, I'm angry for him. But I'm a firm believer, bro. What you put into the fucking universe, you get right back. So when you do somebody dirty, I promise you, the Lord don't sleep. Lord don't sleep. And that, you know, so he was, so when he called me, he was like, and I was like, hey, bro, I got a job for you. Please show up. Please show up. Don't make me look bad. You know? And he's like, bro, I don't have the gas. I don't even, he's like, I don't even have the gas for my car. So I sent the money. I'm like, bro, fill up your car. Show up. Show up, show out, show your ass. That's what he did. He showed up. He showed out. He showed his ass. And he did a job for the right person which materialized to a bigger person, which materialized to a grander person. So the moral of the story is is to never quit and always have your game face on because you never know who you're, t- who, who you're talking to and you don't know what they know and you don't know what they're capable of doing and how fast the snap of a finger can change your life. You know, so, you know, Shout out to Jonathan Canales because, like, right now, that same guy, that same gentleman in less than eight months, you know, is on the trajectory of being a millionaire in the next mm, year. He's actually almost doing better than me, you know. And, you know, they always say, you know, people want to see you do better, but they don't want to see you do better than them. I disagree with that. And and probably in about a year, or if not maybe two years, he'll be doing better than me. And I am fucking ecstatic for him. You know, so um, he started building these metal buildings for the refineries. So I think he built two for the refineries, and he's building metal buildings out there, you know, out of out of town, out of state. So it's just taken off. So he started buying his own equipment. You know, he he's got he's got him a consigliere. You know, we'll leave that alone. But he got him a consigliere. He's got his own equipment. Like everything is finally starting to materialize. So the so the vapor has got back to the brother, the one that fucked him over, right? He's like, oh no, I'm feeling some kind. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't come back, homie. You fucked me already. You showed your colors. So the moral of the story is, is like sometimes you kind of have to go through the fuckery. Sometimes you know people do you do you dirty to kind of teach you your fullest potential. Where I don't need you. You know, what ends up happening is sometimes things kind of have to unravel for you to kind of learn your real value. So when things, when relationships fall apart, sometimes it's kind of necessary for you to kind of see your true value. You know, and Jonathan kind of knew his value, but he just didn't have the opportunity to flex his value. You know, and then finally when somebody gave him the opportunity, he's like, okay, how much money do you need? He's like, okay, here you go. So it's kind of like be careful who who you, you know, be careful who your business with because somebody will pull your card one day. And that happened with me like when I was in the jewelry business right before I, I, I was getting ready to quit, you know, and um, I had that I had that uh, conversation with, with T. Swin when we had uh, we had that show when I got the job with Mayweather and I got the job with Beyonce. You know, I didn't want to do the business anymore. Because I felt like, you know what, I felt like I was being marginalized and people didn't see my value. And it's like, you know what, people don't want to pay my price. And then one day, one of my best friends was over there yelling literally right through the window, screaming at me, answer my phone. And 
it was management from uh, Parkwood Entertainment, which, if you don't know, is Beyonce. And they said that uh, we like your work, we like your style, and um, we need you to do this, 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 and we need it tomorrow. Can you do it? Do you see what I'm saying? So it wasn't about the money. So I'm looking at her manager. I'm like, can you afford this? They're like, make it. So the the moral of the story is, is when opportunity meets preparation, then that, that is the definition of luck, you know? But the, but the main thing is you never fucking quit. You never fucking quit, you know? So you can't get all in your fucking feelings when people, you know, so if like you're a baker and you're baking and this, that, and the other, and you have no customers and this, that, and the other, even though you're the best baker and, the, and there, you have a reputation that you make great things, but people just don't want to pay your price. You know, you just have to continue baking. Continue baking, don't quit. Continue baking, don't quit. Continue baking, don't quit. You know, so after I did that Beyonce job, next thing you know, rumor had it that, you're the guy that did beyond exactly and then rumor had it and the next thing you know i get a phone call from these guys i get a phone call from these guys and not that i get a phone call from these guys i got a facetime from these guys and i'm like i'm like looking at the phone and i'm like shout out to jason lee i love you bro thank you for everything you've done for me i'm forever in your debt so i get a phone call from jason lee and floyd mayweather and I'm on a FaceTime and I'm like, you gotta be joking. And he's like, you're the guy that did. I'm like, yeah, I am. He's like, can you be in Las Vegas today? And I'm like, I'm on a plane. Get on the plane. I go to Vegas and there he is. And the crazy thing was the guy who called me screaming for me to answer my phone for the Beyonce job. I'm like, bro, you gotta go with me. You have to go with me. So I, so because I knew nobody would believe me. So I brought my I brought my buddy Justin with me. Shout out to Justin Williams. <laughs> Shout out to Hungry Heroes. And um, we go on the plane. We fly to we fly to Vegas. We go to uh, not do we uh, we met Floyd. We went to Floyd's house, and it was just like one of the greatest experiences ever because it's like who had who would in their life ever have the opportunity to shake this man's hand and actually have this man give you a job, you know. So the proof is in the pudding. You have to believe in yourself, and you. And, and the main thing is, is whenever the phone calls, you respond. You can't second guess yourself. Whenever that phone calls, and you and you never know who's going to give you that opportunity, you fucking respond. You do it. Best example. Third example. Shout out to King James Lending. Shout out to James Toller and Maggie Toller. Um, I had a lot of problems, you know, in the uh, construction business. You know, you know, cost of lending. You know. Um, you know, 11th hour bullshit. Anybody who's an investor understands what I'm talking about. So I had an opportunity that came about me. Like I said, when I first met James, I thought that he didn't like me, you know, because I told him like, dude, I'm kind of rogue, kind of gamble. You know, it's not that I kind of, I do. I'm rogue. I gamble. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm everything that you, that you probably don't fool. I'm not your cup of tea. And I guess I kind of did that. I kind of put my game face on because I just kind of wanted him to know who you're doing business with. I don't want to be fake and kind of just be that do boy or that, you know, that yes man who shows up to your parties and basically tells you what you want to hear and blah, 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 blah. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. You know, this is me. I wear chains. I play blackjack. You know, I, you know, I gamble, I win, I lose, but more importantly, I believe in myself and I'm willing to put my dick on the line for what I believe in. That's who I am. 
So I didn't really think much of it, and I kind of thought, well, he'll probably never call me again. You know, so my uh, Paul Church, shout out to Paul Church. Paul Church set up that meeting. <laughs> yeah. So Paul Church sets up the meeting. I meet James, and I'm just kind of just being myself, you know, just kind of loud in just myself, you know, because all I can do is just be myself. And I didn't think he liked me, so I figured, well, he'll never call me again. So next thing you know, I get a phone call from him. He's like, hey, uh, you appraisal worker. I'm like, yeah. He's like, can you uh, do uh, this, that, and this, that, and this? So I just kind of put my game face on. I'm like, yeah, no problem. You know? And uh, so next thing you know, he starts giving me work. And then I, I sat down with him and I kind of, you know, afterwards, you know, the thing is about James, which I like about him, he's very quiet and he internalizes everything. He doesn't say a word. So for me, I'm the opposite. I externalize, I internalize everything, but I, I'm, I'm very external. I, I think out loud. So I'm very external. Next thing you know, he gives me an opportunity. He's like, um, I, I, he's like, he, he told me, he's like, David, how come you never come to me for work? I mean, uh, for, for your loans. I'm like, to be honest with you, man, I didn't think you liked me. <laughs> you know? so I didn't think you wanted to do business with me. I think, I think I thought you wanted to be as far away from me as possible, you know? And, um, and one thing I like about James is like, I like, um, I really like uh, his queen, Maggie, Maggie's his wife. And, um, I kind of feel like they're polar opposites and I feel like they give each other balance. And I just kind of felt like Maggie understood me, you know? And, um, so I don't know if that's kind of, you know, the way that the, the universe works is, you know, his yin, his yang, and he's the yin and she's the yang. And maybe they had a conversation and she's like, just give him a, you know, I kind of, I felt, I feel that, you know, she's like, give him a try. You know, it's like, we're, you know, clearly he's done all this already. Where could you lose? You know? So they threw me a bump. They gave me a deal. They gave me an opportunity. And it, it was such an unbelievable, seamless opportunity that it just improved my life in so many ways. And not that they gave me that. So the thing is, I don't want to bite off more than I could chew, you know, you know, because the problem is with a lot of people is when you give somebody, a, you do a favor for somebody, if you give them an inch, they take a mile. I didn't do that. I'm like, no, I'm like, let me prove myself to you guys. Because, you know, again, I'm the outsider. You know, I'm the outsider. So let me just kind of just tiptoe. Let me just put my toe in the water before I just jump in. You know, because the main thing was, I, you know, I'm new. I'm the new guy and I don't want to kind of overstep. So I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to be rogue. I'm still going to be me and do things my way, but I'm just going to kind of do things at a slower pace, you know? So I got the thing done, got it done on time. Everything was flawless. And then next thing you know, they're like, hey, uh, you want to do another one? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, can we do four? And he's like, fuck it. So they gave me four more. Flawless, seamless uh, transaction. They funded all my loans. You know, I'm like, again, just amazing, amazing deal. But the thing was, I kind of wanted to kind of tiptoe into, into that relationship because, I, again, I'm not a glutton. And I just kind of want to show my gratitude. You know, it's like, you know what? I just, you know, I'm always, always right. I'm like, hey, James, you know, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for believing in me. It's not about money with me. It's about it's about when somebody believes in you and gives you an opportunity the same way that, you know, what like with Jonathan Canales. You know, you know, I always believed in him. You know, I saw his flaws, but it's not my place to sit here and 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 amplify his flaws to other people. I would never discredit him. But I would pull him aside. I'm like, bro, don't make me look bad. Don't fuck this up. You know what I'm saying? You know, so when I gave him that opportunity, the same way that my buddy gave me that opportunity, the way my, the way my, the way, 
my like you know Jason Lee gave me an opportunity, the way Ty Hunter gave me an opportunity, the way Justin Williams gave me an opportunity, the way um, um, uh, Ingrid Ingrid Burley gave me an opportunity. You know, I never made them look bad. You know, when they gave me these opportunities to work around these people, it's like, look, man, I'm putting my credibility on the line for you. Don't fuck this up. You know, kind of like how Paul Church put his credibility on the line to introduce me to James Toller. He's like, hey, man, don't fuck this up. You know, this is your only shot. Don't fuck this up. So it's kind of the same thing with Jonathan Canales. I told him, like, hey, bro, I'm like, because we've had things that we've done together and they were not really the best, you know, to the best of, you know, what it, the best of exchanges. So it's like, it's another thing when we're working together. It's another thing when you're representing my me and you're working for somebody else. So I'm like, hey, bro, you know what I mean? It's, don't fuck this up and don't don't make me look bad because I'm putting my dick on the line for you, you know? So, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to say, you know, Jonathan, I'm very, very, very proud of you. You know, you have you you have uh, surpassed all of my expectations and I'm proud, you know, and, you know, and, and God doesn't sleep, you know? So proof is in the pudding, you know? So, so sometimes you have to believe in people and you got to give people chances, even when they fuck up. You know, the thing is like, if you see somebody's value and you can see how you can kind of like add yourself to, to this, to kind of get them over that, over that hump, just fucking do it. You know, I don't believe in, I want to see you do well, but I don't want to see you do better than me. No, I want to see you do better than me. I have no problem being the low man on the totem pole because that means my circle of influence is fucking amazing. I want to see people do great. Not everybody feels that way. Not everybody kind of wants to see, because at the end of the day, you're a collective and you never know. It's like, man, you know, I put this person in this position or I know that I was instrumental in putting this person in this position. This is amazing. It's a great feeling and it's like what's understood doesn't need to be explained. You know, my my last example was my grandmother. You know, uh, my grandmother gave this man, Mr. Reyes, you know, I'm not going to use his first name, but Mr. Reyes, she sold this man his first house. He didn't have nothing, you know, and um, he didn't have, a, he didn't have, a, he didn't have credit. He didn't have anything, but my grandmother kind of believed in him. She got him, got him into a property. Okay. This same man owns the Taqueria del Sol. The same man owns the Caliente Aguas. The same man, you know, owns a lot of commercial real estate. My grandmother was was the was the one that gave this man his first opportunity, you know, in real estate. Now he's he runs a lot, you know. But my grandmother just believed in him and just kind of went through her went through a lot of trouble to kind of help him get into his first home. So so the main thing is is like you know the moral of the story is like you got to see people's value, you got to see like what people you know what um you can see what people are capable of, and if you can try to help them kind of get over that hump, just do it. You know, all right, all right, all right. We're going to go and close the show out on that. I have work to do. I have work to do, people. I'm going to send my shout outs. All right, let's see what we got here. <clears throat> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hold on. Shout out from our sponsors. This Force of Keeping Neighbors Super Show is brought to you in part by Dr. Pepper. We just need more. The Rivers Casino, thank you for your money. Thank you, 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 thank you for your money. And you know Josh Fry, you ain't. You ain't shit, motherfucker. You ain't shit. Shout out to Diet Dr. Pepper. We just need more. All right. Shout out to T-Mobile. Shout out to T-Swin. Shout out to Captain Motherfucking T. Shout out to Jonathan Canales. Shout out to... uh. 
everybody who's watching, all our, our uh, viewers, like, comment, subscribers, people that are new, what's up? Check us out. <clears throat> shout out to the Bobada. Shout out to the Golden Nugget Casino. Shout out to Burr's Casino. Shout out to Jason Lee. Shout out to the Money Team. Shout out to Jamel Charlo. Shout out to Jamal Charlo. Shout out to Errol Spence. Shout out to Bud Crawford. Check out that fight tonight. My money is on Errol Spence. Brutal knockout. Tenth round. Tenth round. TKO. I. I. You could have been anywhere else, but you are here with us. I. Peace out, motherfuckers. We're out of time. We are out of time. We're out of time. We're out of time.